Welcome, I am Bree. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, the founder of Femme Fusion Fitness, and the author of Lady Bits, Understand Your Body, Elevate Your Health, and Reclaim Your Spark Naturally. My mission is to build community and awareness around women's wellness and pelvic health. I invite you to listen, laugh, learn about, and love all of the bits that make you whole. Let's go to the show. Hello, my friends, old friends and new friends. I want to welcome you to the very first inaugural, inaugural, that's not a very doctor-like thing to say, but you know what? I'm keeping it. The kickoff episode of my podcast. I'm really excited about this. Some of you may know me from YouTube, which is my main kind of way of connecting with folks. This is a brand new venture for me. And so, you know what, today's just the day and we actually have somebody in our home right now doing some repair work. So you might hear some thumping around, some drilling, etc. But the time is now. The time is now, the muse will not be stopped and I want to go ahead and get started by sharing my first episode, which is actually an interview with me. I was honored to be interviewed by Katherine Miller of Embodied Woman, and her notes and information will be in the show notes below this episode, so definitely check that out. She and I had a really, really great conversation about uh, hip circles, pleasure, pelvic health. Definitely do not miss the ball-bouncing kegel imagery that she shares with me, and just all sorts of real goodness that I think will help you get to know me a little bit better and my style and come up some of the things that I stand for. So in future episodes, just so you know, I plan to actually be reading segments, if not complete chapters, from my book, Lady Bits. In addition to the podcast episodes where I'll be reading from my book and actually editing as I go, I figured rather than write a new edition, it would be kind of fun just to speak it. Uh, I will also be interviewing top experts in the women's wellness and pelvic health field and occasionally sharing just insights from me. Again, to kick this off, we're gonna start with an interview of me. And I hope you'll enjoy it. And definitely please come back and subscribe so you can listen to more of my revised, as I go, edition of Lady Bits, my book, and more expert interviews and so much good stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. And let's go ahead and cut to the interview with Catherine. Check the show notes for all the links you might need. So my guest, Dr. Brian Grogan, we're gonna see her right now. Hi, welcome. Hi there. Hello, Catherine. Uh, Dr. Bree is gonna share an inside view of what she calls Femme Fusion Fitness. And then she's going to give you the best movement strategy you can do right now to keep your lady bits healthy and happy. So <laughs> I'm very excited to have you here again. This is our second interview together. Yes. Yes, it is. I'm so happy to be back. And yes, my, our lady bits being healthy and happy is one of my most uh, favorite things to talk about. So let's dive in. Yeah. Well, one of the uh, things that I find so incredible about this is this is a form of exercise and movement that keeps your whole body happy and healthy. It's, it's, and yet it, um, what we're going to focus on today is the toning the whole pelvic region. Um, one of the things I wanted to let all the viewers know is that you've really racked up a huge YouTube following and, and with like 9 million views 
of your videos and I, I've watched them and they're completely delightful and very easy to follow and, and fun as well. And you've had articles on Mind Body Green, which is one of my favorite go-tos for information and a five-star reviewed book. Oh, yeah. And yes, I've had this. It's Lady Bits. It's a beautiful book. It's got a lot of fantastic information, easy to read, but very engaging. And um, so you're a doctor of uh, physical therapy? Yes, yes. Great. Doctor of physical therapy and wellness is really my passion, just holistic. I call it holistic pelvic health and really lifestyle medicine because mm -hmm. You know, physical therapists, we don't prescribe medications, but we do prescribe lifestyle changes and uh, exercise and movement. I really prefer to call it movement than exercise mm -hmm. is one of the biggest uh, pieces, foundational pieces that we provide patients with. And although I haven't been in clinical practice for quite some time, I've really been focusing my work in the online world and my book and just kind of one-to-one -one and kind of large group education, um, but that still movement is still the foundational piece of really what I like to talk about and, and promote. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I, I love that word movement as well. Um, in my desire system, it ends with E, so I have to call it exercise, but I add the movement <laughs> in there. So um, I highly recommend that if you're watching this now, really put this on your list to watch Dr. Bree on YouTube because it is a way to, to see, you know, what she actually does and, and engage in that. So, um, we'll be posting her Instagram and, um, YouTube address below this video so you can get to that easily. Awesome. Thank you for, for doing that and for saying that and sharing that. Yeah, YouTube is my baby. I like video. I think that it's fun and it's, it's fun to do the exercises along with you. Like I'm doing them and yeah. we're doing them together and it feels like a, a friend time. So exactly. <laughs> Circles are one of the most fun things that I like to show in my videos. I don't do them in every video, but I know you wanted to talk about hip circles today. Is yes. that right? We yeah. do, yes. We do want to talk about hip circles. What I'd like to do is kind of get an overview of, from you on some of the challenges that women are facing, you know, like what, you know, in terms of pelvic health and how you relate to that as a physical therapist, really. Um, because I think we think about, um, you know, exercising our biceps or getting our quads, you know, strong or, you know, getting our cardiovascular body healthy, you know, we, we think about exercising that way. We very rarely think about the muscles that are in that pelvic bowl. Yeah. And they're some of the most important muscles, in my opinion, that, that make us feel confident, that make us feel strong. And so what's your perspective on, on this whole area of our bodies for women? Oh, it's huge. It's, I, uh, first of all, I mean, just from a, a functional perspective, the pelvic floor muscles, <clears throat> which is really the floor, or the, the base, the foundation of our, of our core, because we think of our core as being our abs. But, and right. some people are like, no, the core is my abs and my back. Mm -hmm. And that's a step farther. You know, that's great. But there's actually more to it. The core is our breathing diaphragm. Mm -hmm. His breath is foundational to movement, really. It's absolutely foundational to pelvic health as well. 
but the breathing diaphragm at the top and then the abs and the back and even the deep hip muscles and the pelvic floor at the bottom. And right. so really that whole inner, you know, middle unit of your body, your trunk of your body is what helps keep you upright. It helps keep your balance. It helps prevent back pain when everything is functioning well together. Um, the pelvic floor in particular helps keep you uh, leak free. So you're not, you know, having accidents. It helps keep your pelvic organs in place. So you're not developing prolapse, which is extremely common. Um, so is leakage. Both of those conditions affect up to 50% of women are affected from one or one or the other uh, pelvic organ prolapse or bladder leakage. And uh, it's, it's a huge industry, you know, as far as incontinence protection and, um, you know, surgeries. And I do think that, of course, sometimes surgery is necessary, but a lot of the time there's a lot you can do even without surgery if you're dealing with issues such as mild to moderate incontinence or uh, pelvic organ prolapse. And I really like to get that message out there that it really is, you know, at least part of the problem is a muscular condition that you can do so much on your own with movement and, uh, you know, learning how to lift properly and learning how to breathe properly and holding your posture right and not slumping all day. So it's really foundational to see a women's health physical therapist in your area if you have access to somebody um, and just to educate yourself with some of my info that I have online. And in my book, there's tons of other books about this subject right now. I think pelvic health is actually really kind of exploding. Thank God it's about time because I've been... Yeah. I've been talking about this for a long time now, and I feel like in the last few years, it's really just opened up as far as people being comfortable talking about it and, you know, sharing the fact that they have issues because so many of us do. That, you know, when you sp speak about how common this issue is, I mean, I became aware of this issue back in my 40s. So when I was going for a run and I hadn't gone for a run for a long time and I had leakage and I was so shocked and so embarrassed, you know, and it was like, nobody knew it was just me, but I, I was like, Oh my God, what is going on? So I did a lot of research at that time. Um, it, it, you didn't have the, the, the range of information that we have now. Cause that was like almost 15 years ago or something. Right. And, but I did learn a lot and I learned how to do exercises and things like that. And, you know, it was at the point where I couldn't jump on a trampoline, you know, running, you know, I was doing yoga and stuff, so I never noticed it. Now I run, I jump, I jump rope, I rebound, I do all these things. And so 15 years later, I'm actually in better shape than I was back in my 40s. So this is just to give you an example of, you know, for those people listening, that it's absolutely possible to turn that around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you shared that because that's very, very true. And mm -hmm. not to be scared. I think that sometimes people go down the, the rabbit hole of, or the trap, I guess, of thinking, oh no, this is happening. So now I don't want to exercise. I don't want to move my body. Exactly. And, and that just creates a very vicious cycle of downward spiral, really. So Exactly. Exactly. Now, the other thing about this is that I do have quite a few clients who have had surgeries. Um, and people who've had prolapse and things like that. And, you know, that they're not a guarantee that you won't continue to have problems later on. So even if you have had to do an intervention like that, you still need to 
pay attention to those muscles and work on building them so that it doesn't get worse again, you know, cause you know, the surgery actually in order to work, it needs that, that basic muscle strength in order to stay good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and again, just the muscle strength, like you said, and also those lifestyle techniques of having that good posture and lifting correctly. Cause we lift things. I mean, we're human beings. We should be lifting things every day, even if it's just mm -hmm. a lifting a pencil off the floor. But I mean, mm -hmm. we really do need to know how to do that stuff right. And how to yes. manage that intra-abdominal pressure so that our surgeries don't, don't yes. fail with repeated downward pressure. Um, yeah, right. a whole other topic, but also constipation, you know, making sure that things are mm -hmm. going smoothly so you're not having to always be pushing. And yeah, I could talk about this stuff all day long. It's definitely <laughs> It's really good. I think maybe for our purposes, because I know there's a lot of professional women on the, you know, watching this summit, there's a lot of people who work all day sitting at a desk. And you had mentioned that, you know, sitting for long periods is a problem. Um, and so, and I know the standing desks are now becoming really popular. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit about those kind of workplace um, challenges in terms of good pelvic health. For sure. Yeah. So one thing that actually ties in really well with this line of conversation is that just as, you know, weakness of the pelvic floor <clears throat> can be a big problem. Yeah. So you can over overly tight pelvic floor, overly tense pelvic floor muscles become a problem as well. So one thing, one thing that can contribute to that, um, contribute to weakness or excess tension is a lot of sitting. So when you're sitting for long periods of time, that is, you know, you're not really moving that area. So that can, again, contribute to weakness, but it mm. can also, especially if you're sitting in kind of a bum, like tucked under position, sort of a slouching position, which happens to all of us. It's mm -hmm. hard to keep a good sitting posture yeah. for hours and hours at a time. And so if you kind of end up slumping down in your seat and maybe tucking your, your tailbone under a bit, mm. that tucking your tailbone under can actually tighten up all of your pelvic floor muscles and your butt muscles and you know your hamstrings the the muscles can become imbalanced and overly tight everything can tighten up and that can actually cause its own set of pelvic health issues as well because it's not just about being um well i mean you want to be strong but you want to be strong and supple and you want to be flexible and strong and bouncy and strong you don't want to be clenched right is a big problem mm -hmm. and so <clears throat> that was one reason I think sitting can be sitting for too long can be an issue. And so I'm a big proponent of uh, moving positions often mm -hmm. and thinking of it as something that I heard long ago from, I believe I heard it first from uh, Katie Bowman, who's a, mm -hmm. a wonderful practitioner out there in the world. And I don't know if she coined it, but I heard it from her uh, calling yeah. it movement snacks. So like you oh. eat snacks with your food, it's movement snacks too. And taking little breaks where you're mm -hmm. moving your body and being in different positions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sitting for too long can be problematic, but so too can standing for too long. So right. I actually have a standing desk. And unfortunately, I don't have one that goes up and down where I have the option to stand right. or sit. And I wish I did. Yeah. Um, something that I, you know, will have in the future, but right now I'm standing and I tell you too much standing also causes my back to lock up my, mm -hmm. if I'm off in my posture at all, just like if you're yeah. off in your posture when you're sitting, mm -hmm. same 
thing. If you're off with your posture when you're standing and holding that for too long and not really moving around, it can cause just as much of a problem. So yeah, yeah, I, the, the the movement snaps and the movement mm -hmm. breaks. It really is key. It helps you know get you out of your head too when you're mm -hmm. working for long periods and a you know focusing on a task or a job. Whew, it can be really helpful for your mental health to actually. Yes. Exactly. I, I totally agree. We, um, I think that the interesting thing about that movement part is it, it does actually do that very important thing. Like you said, help you to focus. Yeah. Like people think they have to stay, you know, I'm focused, I'm focused, I can't move, I can't move. But actually when you move, you find you're, you're better focused. Okay. It's like a pattern break so that you actually clear your mind and you can actually focus um, more, um, more acutely on the, you know what you're doing um so there's a lot of myths i think or a lot of ideas that you know in order to get work done we need to just you know sit in one place and i and i think that's been shown over and over again that productivity is um greatly enhanced by regular movement inter intervals yeah well i mean one reason is it actually physically moves oxygen in your body yes um, and we exactly. actually are moving that throughout your whole body the circulation is increasing and that's getting more blood flow to your brain as well as other body parts too yeah it's fantastic so i know you are uh, a huge proponent of hip circles we mentioned them at the beginning and it's one of my favorite things, I think it's, it's something about women and hips, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> they just go together somehow. So, um, why is, what, what's your big attraction to the hip circles? What got you into that? What got me into it was, um, when I was, gosh, when I was in uh, college and grad school time period, when I was in school, uh, I started taking every dance class I knew about and I was never a dancer. I was terrified of dance, honestly, in mm -hmm. high school. And I just I tried out for like kind of a dance team thing, and I forgot. Like I stood there like this. I just I forgot everything I was supposed to do. It was terrifying, and I was not coordinated. I was very gawky. Mm -hmm. And when I got older, though, and I got a little more, you know, in touch with my body, a little bit more okay with being a woman and all of those things, mm -hmm. uh, I I started thinking, okay, I'm going to experiment with this. So I started taking a bunch of different types of, of mm. dance and just movement classes and yoga and all of those things <clears throat> and belly dance and also kind of an African dance class that I was taking as well were definitely my favorites. Yeah. And one reason why is that I felt like I didn't have to be super duper coordinated and get the, the moves exactly right. It was much right. more the way I just kind of operate, which is a little more flowing Mm -hmm. And a little bit more free form. I I loved that, and I loved feeling yeah. sexy and 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 pretty, you know, mm -hmm. in my body doing these circular mm -hmm. movements. I felt like I was able to pick them up, even though they felt awkward at the beginning. Yeah. When you kind of let go of how to do it, and you just start feeling into your body, oh, that's how it's like it awakens something that's right inside of you and I think a lot of women feel that way even if they feel really awkward at first right something up once they kind of let go a little bit and yep. not only that I also from a you know physical therapist standpoint realized how good it was for your core because you're working your right. back you're working your abs you're working your your hips your legs and you're also uh, engaging your pelvic floor and I actually did a pretty cool study uh, just 
by myself, but I used a device, uh, might've heard of it. It's called LV, but it's like a, it's an electronic device that you can insert vaginally and it will detect your pelvic floor muscle activity. Oh, cool. So, so I did, I, I used this LV while I was doing hip circles and the pelvic floor activation, when you're doing it with mm -hmm. intention, you know, with right. intention to actually kind of, you know, feel the pelvic floor, feel those deep core muscles. It is an incredible activator of the pelvic floor. Yeah, that's, that's such a cool thing. I had um, heard of those things used by physical therapists. Yeah. Um, one of my clients has uh, had, had to do that to just help to, you know, revamp her, her pelvic floor strength yeah. and to find out where she was starting from and everything. And, and, and I had never heard of that until recently. Yeah, you can use that. Well, they're used in physical therapy, you know, in clinic, these biofeedback. Yes, yes. You can now, anybody can purchase them online. Again, the one that I'm talking about here is called LV, and uh -huh. there, are, there are many, but that's the one that I had used, and it's available for anyone to purchase privately. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of being able to measure things. So that's excellent that you can actually see how the strength is, you know, how, how much stronger you're getting from doing a particular exercise. For sure, for sure, it's fun. A great play, a great way to collect data on yeah. your <laughs> on your I process. Self experiment. I'm all about self experiment. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, one of the things that I love to talk to women about and love to remind them about that this is also about pleasure. Yeah. This is about us taking pleasure, like you said, in your body, in feeling sexy or sensual, or you know, it's it, and also getting more pleasure in sexual activity. So, you know, both of those things are completely valid motivations. <laughs> you don't have to have something going wrong to want to do this. And you don't have to be having, you know, bad sex or low libido even to be doing this. You can just be wanting to have more pleasure. Yeah, That's, that's a fine motivation. I know there's a lot of People don't have a problem with that, but there's a lot of women that have grown up feeling that that's not really a valid part of their experience. So what do you find that comes up? Do you find things come up for women when they do these? Do they, do they have different experiences? Oh, yeah. I think that that's huge. I think that that's even something I've dealt with myself is sort of a lineage of women in my family who it's not talked about. It's not right. discussed. It's seen as something that's maybe a little bit negative of the of sexuality and mm -hmm. um, and and I feel that this as an exercise is kind of an easy entry point into yes. learning how to just move your body and you can do it by yourself and you you know and you're just moving you're just exercising or you're just dancing mm -hmm. or you know you're using it as a stretch break yeah. but you're subtly <laughs> you're subtly. <laughs> kind of entering that world of, ooh, it's kind of feminine, this is kind of fun, and maybe you put on mm -hmm. some music that's a little bit mm -hmm. more tribal, a little bit more of a drum beat, and you know, mm -hmm. you don't have to do that, of course, but it's kind mm -hmm. of fun, and it just, it awakens something, and, yeah. and I think that some people may not be comfortable with um, awakening it in other ways, but this is an easy entry point to awakening that feminine, kind of Shakti energy within, and yeah. And more than anything, I think it's a nice way to really tune into your intuition and your intuitive knowingness of your, of your body. Um, yes. One thing I've noticed over the, the years of my work on YouTube and kind of being, you know, in the public 
not in the public eye, <laughs> certainly not a celebrity, but you know, you know, people mm-hmm. reaching out to me with questions because they see me as a bit of an, of an expert in my tiny little field. Mm-hmm. And they'll reach out to me with questions that are specific to their needs. Mm. Um, and I'm not able to help them because everyone is so different and everyone mm-hmm. really must learn. This one thing I really want to get out there to the world is you've got to learn your body because what works yeah. for me is going to be a little bit different than what works and what you feel in your body yeah. based on your body type, based on how you are, you know, your, your stiffness and your joints or your flexibility or based on your level of pelvic organ prolapse or whatever it may be. Yes. Everyone's so different. And so doing these exercises that really have you tune in is going to help you be able to safely navigate your own body and figure out how it's best for you to move in the world. And yeah, just, anything you can do to really tune in is, is super helpful for your own safety. <laughs> and, you know, yes, absolutely. I, I think it's such an important message that you're saying there in terms of our own body wisdom. And yeah. if you look at the chakras, I mean, that, you know, that root chakra is all about safety and security and confidence and, and really being in the world, feeling free to be in the world. And, um, so, you know, when you start to work with that and the second chakra, which is all about creativity and passion and, you know, this is, you know, us being tuned into that part of our body opens up so many other dimensions of our lives. One of the things that I wanted to have you share with us is just the practicality, I guess the way the way the hip circles are moving, because that, in case you guys haven't guessed yet, that's what you're going to, that's going to be your action step <laughs> for this coming week is, is um, doing a certain number of hip circles every day. Um, and so I, what I'd like to kind of get into now is, is kind of the nitty gritty of how do, how do they work or how do you, how do you do hip circles, I guess, is that's. Yeah. Well, we could break it down. And basically what I, what I encourage people to do is to do a certain number. And I'm going to throw out a number and it's not required that you do this number, but mm-hmm. let's just say 50 mm-hmm. circles in each yes. direction. Uh-huh. So even, so whatever number you choose, even if it's five, yeah. it's important to go both directions. So Good. you go five in one direction and then maybe five in the other direction. Right. But Heck, if you have time and if you start feeling really comfortable with hip circles, then 50 is a great, you know, it's a mm-hmm. great number. That's going to be a good little workout there that you're going to actually, you're going to feel it. Yeah. So basically how you do it is you can do this anywhere. You don't need mm-hmm. to have any special clothing on. You don't need to have no special time of day, whatever feels good to you. I actually like to start my day with mm-hmm. a few mental hip circles. Yeah. Uh, in the morning, it just kind of, I get, I'm pretty mm-hmm. stiff when I get out of bed. And so this really kind of loosens things up. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the way I like to teach it is to start by moving your, if maybe if everyone is kind of, if you're watching, I hope you'll stand up and try this mm-hmm. along with us. Great. But you can think about lifting your pelvic floor. So doing a tiny little kegel. So it's like you're lifting up your, the pelvic floor muscles that are at the base of your pelvis. Mm-hmm. You're not, sometimes people when they, engage their pelvic floor or they do a kegel, they're actually doing it wrong. They're, they're squeezing and everything's kind of pushing out. Right. And what we want to be doing is feeling a squeeze and lift. So it's right. a gentle focus really on that lift, almost right. like you're lifting that area toward your, um, toward your head or toward even your pubic bone or even toward your belly button. Right. You got it. But a little gentle lift, it does not need to be a clench. 
So a tiny little lift. And when you do that, you might feel that your pubic bone kind of scoops forward a little bit. Right. So that's okay. Let's let that happen. So we scoop that forward a little bit. And then you're just going to move your hips to the, let's say, the left Mm -hmm. or the right, however you want to move them. So you just move your hips, trying to keep your head and shoulders really still. So mm-hmm. that's really still up here, but it's really just your hips. Yeah. You're move to the left. And then you're going to let your, your hips come back. So you're not jutting your bum, your bum. Yes. Back yeah. That, but it's just a gentle kind of shift to the back. Mm-hmm. It's a very small movement, really. Yeah. And then your hips are going to scoop around to the right. Mm-hmm. So we're to the right, and then they come forward again with that same little lift of the pubic bone. Yes, right. So you're okay. Drawing a circle on the yeah. floor. Yeah, there you go. And keeping the top really still, and the hips are moving in a circle. That's and great. You can make this as big of a movement or as tiny of a movement as mm-hmm. you want. Actually, I find that the big movements are really great for kind of loosening up your joints. Yeah tiny movement is actually ideal for really getting deep as far as strengthening yes using your muscles um and then in this you can also take it to the point where you're really focusing on pelvic floor activation and also release Mm -hmm. if you really get controlled and take it nice and slow you can really feel the lift of your pelvic floor kind of the kegel when Mm -hmm. you come forward and then you can really release your pelvic floor circle around back yes right right that is really is important to do at least some of the time with your hip circles i mean you can kind of just keep yourself engaged the whole time right afterwards you've got to ah, release (laughs) and so one option is to you know take it kind of fast and then then to release after or another option is to really take it slow and almost treat it like a kegel session where you're right your pelvic floor on the way forward and then release release on the way back and then lifting and releasing that's so, great yeah i mean there's like a thousand ways you can play with it but again just do the same number in each direction yeah. and you yeah. will find probably that one direction is a lot easier than the other yeah uh, for most Interesting. of us it, one one direction is always bit more awkward and that's okay yeah keep practicing that's that's cool i that's all very very good details um one of the things that you reminded me of is i did a uh, qigong um, practice was with a colleague of mine a year and a half ago or something and she did a little you know the kind of microcosmic orbit kind of stuff but what she's what she she used this visualization that really helped me to understand that difference in movements with the with the kegels where you you kind of, instead of pushing down, you're lifting up. And she said, imagine that there's a little ball sitting like on the perineum and you're just going to bounce that ball with the muscles. You're just going to bounce the ball a little bit up. And so then you can feel like the, if you think of that, then then you actually can feel the difference between that and wanting to push something down. And, um, I love that. I've not heard that one. And I like it also because it allows for that sensation of what we're going for is like a springiness and a lightness yeah. where you're also released because mm-hmm. sometimes when you just think of the squeeze and lift, it makes you think of like clenching and like, yes. right. and I love that idea of the springiness. That's really nice. Yeah. 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 It's, I found it very, very helpful, you know, to, to get that difference. So, so what does this actually do? And um, you mentioned the, 
the mech, the little machine, you know, that measures <laughs> your muscular strength and your pelvis. But um, tell me what the hip circles actually, or tell us what the what do the hip circles actually do um, in so the pelvic? Again, you're activating you're activating the abs, the abdominals, yeah. the deep abdominals. Um, you're activating the back muscles. So mm -hmm. when you come forward is really when you're activating the the pelvic floor, the deep abdominals. When you yeah. come to the side and then sweep around back, you're turning on the, the back and the side obliques and the hip muscles. Nice. Um, then we're also, and then of course the pelvic floor is being activated as well. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have experienced after doing hip circles regularly, relief from issues like sciatica mm -hmm. and also back pain. I mean, again, it's, yeah. it's not a cure-all for everyone. It's not a guarantee here, but many people that I've worked with have mm -hmm. said that their back pain has been very great, re greatly relieved um, by doing hip circles. Right. And also again, sciatica, the sciatic nerve runs through your buttocks area and these muscles that we're moving are actually, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're moving, they're stretching, they're releasing, they're opening, and they're just getting blood flow to the area. Yeah. So again, that's why I love it because it's not like, okay, we're going to do leg lifts, you know, mm -hmm. like sideline leg lifts or clamshells, which just really isolate kind of one yeah. little muscle. Right. And they have their place and they're okay. And I've done my share of clamshells and leg lifts. <laughs> but I think it's really nice to do something that's standing up, that's functional, that's in all directions. I mean, you're right. not missing anything. Every yeah. muscle is getting turned on and getting also simultaneously strengthened and then stretched as you right. go in that circle. So yeah. for me, that's really the beauty of it. Besides all the other stuff we talked about earlier with um, kind of getting into your body and just yes, having fun. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm such a proponent of hip circles. I, I try to do them every day, you know, not because I, it's on my list of to do's, but because it makes me feel so good yeah. and it does make me feel strong and it really puts me in touch with my, my core. I feel so much stronger and, yeah. and so much upright. So I'll just stand in the kitchen while I put some music on and I'll just do a few next to, you know, while I'm chopping vegetables and stuff and, you know, I'll, I'll do different things throughout the day, but also morning time. I really recommend that people choose a time like, and you know, in our tiny habits, one of the things that it you'll remember is it's good to piggyback these new things like hip circles on something you're already doing. So if you already do a little exercise routine in the morning, then just piggyback it right on that. Like once you finish doing my five minutes of meditation or five minutes of yoga or whatever it is, I'm going to do five, 10, 15, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be 50. You know, that's a good goal to reach towards, but you can start with the tiniest, whatever you'll actually do. <laughs> mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It's more than you're doing now, right? So you start with a small number and you say, or maybe you say, well, I'm waiting for the water to boil to make my tea or coffee or whatever then I will do 10 hip circles, you know, in each direction. And, and so then if that's something that you do every day, then, and then you get into this habit of, oh, well, I just automatically, when the kettle goes on, I'm doing my hip circles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah. That's when I do them is, is when the, in the morning, when the yeah. coffee's brewing is when I'm yes. doing my hip circles. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't take, have to take a long time. 
Um, and what we'd like to hear from everybody is, okay, how is this affecting you? Is this, you know, it's, we're looking for strength and tone, of course, but right away, does this bring you into your body? Does it connect you with the intuitive wisdom that you're talking about? Does it bring up old trauma or old, you know, kind of emotions or things that have been stuck in that area? You know, what, what's going on? This is um, a small exercise, but it affects us on a deep, deep level. Absolutely. The emotions are stored in the hips. And for females, um, our creative our creative powerhouse is really our uterus and our, our ovaries and our female reproductive system. Again, that root chakra, sacral chakra stuff we yes. mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of emotion and there's a lot of even, again, if you're into, which I am, the lineage that we yeah. have passed down from generations of our mothers and our grandmothers, et cetera, it's stored in Absolutely. us. Absolutely. It's here. And so it can bring stuff up. And, and actually, do you mind if I share one quick little bonus? Oh, no, not at all. Let me just say that though, for people who don't have ovaries or uteruses as, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's still the same. True. It's still Absolutely. the energetic center. So don't worry. It's you're, <laughs> you're still all there. <laughs> Absolutely. If you've had a hysterectomy, you still have the potential to have all sorts of stuff still stored there too. So yes. it is important to know for, for everybody that this is yeah. the area that things get stirred yeah. up for sure. Yeah. So yeah. can I give a little bonus? Yes. Tip? Go for yeah. it. So this is going to help even more with what we were saying, but, um, when you're doing the circles, incorporate breathing into it, especially if you're able to take it a little, you know, I, I like to go nice and, and fast with my circles. I don't know if you can tell, mm -hmm. but um, when I'm doing that, that's great. But I'm not able to really get the breathing in. Right. And so I think it's actually good to slow it down. So yeah, let's just do five circles a day, but really make them good. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing the coming around, the swinging it around forward, where you're kind of swinging your hip to, hips to the front and you're getting into that lifting of mm -hmm. the pelvic floor and the pulling in of your abdominals and that lifting of your pubic bone toward your mm -hmm. nose, that's when you want to exhale. So that mm -hmm. exhalation couples with the lifting of the pelvic floor and the pulling in of the abdominals. And then when you're circling it around back and releasing your pelvic floor, right. that's you do a nice big inhale. So if you want to really double down on getting the most out of this exercise mm. and the most activation of your core, and it's really good for everything, it's an exhale as you circle it around forward and lift that pelvic floor, and then an inhale as you release it to the back. Nice. Nice. I can feel that as you're saying it. I was kind of practicing yeah. and it's like you, you feel that's a natural, very natural way of doing that. Yeah. Even if you don't, I don't always focus hugely on the exhale part, but mm -hmm. I can, I, I've done this enough that I can mm -hmm. feel the release. I know I am releasing, yes. but the exhale is really what I like to squeeze mm. out as I circle yes. forward because it just gets all that air out. Yeah. And then you kind of pass the inhale and then exhale it again. And if you're alone, especially make it audible, you know, make mm -hmm. it loud. It, it can be very mm -hmm. helpful and cathartic even as we're kind of yeah. talking emotions. Yeah, it's beautiful. I just realized I kind of jumped ahead a little bit because what I want to make sure people really understand is that the takeaway here, as we've been going over, is doing these hip circles every day. Yes. Um, and or more more often than not. Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're tracking yourself for seven days and hopefully you'll do it longer than that, there's no reason not to. But 
what you want to do is make sure you four to five out of the seven days, you want to make sure you get that done. And because that's what's really, it's not about being perfect. It's not about being rigidly disciplined. It's about really um, trying this out, being curious, being as consistent as possible. Try to do them at the same time every day. If you don't, but then if you don't hit your goal of doing it in the morning, then do it at night and vice versa. You know, whenever, you know, you want to get them in whenever you can, you know, really try to make a habit of it. That's the whole idea of this summit is for you to take away and actually do things. Exactly. And really, I think the key here is, is movement is just moving more throughout your day. And these yes. tips are such an easy little movement break. Cause you know, yes. going back to what we were talking about earlier with the sitting for so long, um, if you choose that you want to do your hip circles, you know, in the middle of the day, that's actually a great time to do them too, because maybe you yeah. work at an office job and maybe you want to go into the restroom um, midway through the day and do your hip circles at work. And that's yeah. just a way to kind of loosen things up and just yeah. move more. It's, it's so good for productivity, cardiovascular health, all of your muscles. It's great. I just had this image of a, of all the women in an office getting together to do their hip circles at lunch or oh, something. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I actually had people tell me that they do that with their coworkers, yeah. the, you know, a break room or something and they'll do yeah. it. Together. And for anyone who may have children or uh, grandchildren that mm. they're with, kids love hip circles. Anyways, any last words you'd like to leave people with? Um, yes. I think my last word is a quote that I just loved um, from way back when, when I was first starting out in physical mm -hmm. therapy world. And it was, uh, motion is lotion. And it's so true. <laughs> I just, I love that. Motion is lotion. And, you know, that old adage that if you don't use it, you lose it. And I, that one kind of, I don't like so much because it seems sort of doomsday, but it is mm. true that movement really is the key to keeping your body supple and strong for, for, for long-term. And it doesn't have to be like a crazy session of high, hardcore anything at the gym or right. wherever. It can just be gentle little movement breaks and taking mm -hmm. a little stroll at lunch, you know? Yeah. Motion is yeah. lotion. So. I love it. Motion is lotion. That's great. It's <laughs> and it has a new it has a new significance now that we've heard all about how to use this movement to strengthen the yeah. very core of our being. So really, I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. I I really appreciate your work and the lightness and positivity and just it's just delightful the, the energy that you bring to this issue. Um I, I don't know how anyone could feel bad about it, you know, after <laughs> hearing you speak. So um, that means a lot to me. It's yeah. what I, my whole goal is to make it really just chill. I mean, hey, yeah, life yeah. it happens, and let's talk, let's talk about it. Women do not talk about it with their doctors. Even they don't talk about it. Nope, so. nope, it doesn't happen. So, so let this be, you know, a support to all of you that are out there. If you have doctors you can talk about, please do it. If you have friends you can share this with please do it also. It's like we need to really start with ourselves with this opening up this conversation and not wait for other people to do it for us. And I just wanted to remind you, this is a really fun book, The Lady Bits. So if you're interested in, in reading more about um, Dr. Bree's approach, this is a great way to do it. Um, all right. So thank you all for showing up today and being here and being open to trying something new. Um, I want to hear from you on the Facebook page. Um, 
Thank you so much for listening. And if this podcast was helpful for you today, please share it with a friend. Tell them you know, what you learned and how it's going to be helpful and amazing for them to talk about this stuff. Don't forget to subscribe and also check the show notes for all the links you need, including how to follow me on Instagram and YouTube. And until next time, remember, you don't have to be an expert, but every woman should know a bit. We'll see you next time.